This is episode 44, Why You're Doing All the Work But It Doesn't Seem to Be Working with Jenny. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Welcome back, everyone. So I want to take a moment at the beginning of the show to publicly acknowledge all of you who've left reviews and rated this show. I can't tell you how much I appreciate the support of this podcast, and it's really easy to do. You can rate the show with a click of a button, and if you feel inspired to write about your experience with listening to the show, you can leave a review, and I'll tell you a little bit more about how to do that in a moment. But first a story because y'all know how I love telling you stories. So just last night, a very, very dear friend of mine called me requesting support. He had just experienced a massive expectation hangover of the curveball variety. You know, those disappointments that seemingly come out of nowhere and just shake you to your core. We talked for about 30 minutes until he started feeling better and shift his perspective on the situation. And before we hung up, he made the most self-honoring request. He said, you know, Christine, you've said so many inspiring and positive things to me, and I really want to take it in. What I'd really like for myself is to take in more acknowledgement. I'm I'm such a giver. I give so much in my life. It's easy for me to do, and I'm comfortable with it. But where I'm not so great is receiving. So will you just praise me for a few minutes? Oh my gosh, yes, of course, I said. And I dove into just loving him up, which felt amazing for both of us. And at the end, he said, okay, I'm taking that in. I'm receiving. I'm allowing myself to see and feel and own the amazing things about me. And it was such a gift for both of us because it felt so good to give to him. It, It felt so good to hold space for him to take in that acknowledgement. It also reminded me how important it is to praise others and also receive acknowledgement. But why is receiving acknowledgement so hard sometimes? especially for those of us who like to give. Ever feel like you can dish out all the praise and acknowledgement in the world, but when it comes to receiving it, it gets a little uncomfortable. It's like, okay, okay, enough. That's good. Yes, yes, yes. And and then you want to like give it back and we don't take it fully in and we don't want to feel like, you know, we're bragging or we're getting inflated or whatever it may be. Yet that praise and acknowledgement is often what we really want to hear most. So why is it so hard? Well, it comes back to our relationship with ourselves and our ability to see what's really truly amazing and true about who we are. And it also requires a vulnerability to be seen and giving ourselves permission to take in the acknowledgement on the energy of self-love, not ego. Receiving love and praise and acknowledgement is not indulgent or inflammatory to our ego. It is a gift. Now, if we feel like we need it to be validated or worthy or kind of puff ourselves up, that's another story and reveals some self-acceptance and self-acknowledgement is in order. But I have a feeling that those of you listen really could work on flexing your receiving muscle a little more and not only give yourself that praise and acknowledgement, but request it from others. And when people give it to you, really take it in. Balancing the flow of giving and receiving from a place of love is important. 
This even translates to our self-worth. You know, I see people that struggle with confidence or even struggle with finances often struggle with taking in a compliment or taking an acknowledgement. We can't just give, 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 give and not receive. This is something I remind myself of. I love helping others. I love serving. And sometimes I notice that receiving praise is not something I'm super uncomfortable. I can get a little squirrely. So right now in this moment, I am going to stretch and practice by reading two of the most recent reviews from some of our loving listeners of this podcast. So the first one's by Chicago4587. She writes, so helpful, food for the soul. Christine is a truly amazing coach. She gets you, she shows up where you're at and really tries to walk you through your issue. She shows up in a compassionate, loving way that makes you feel safe and secure. Highly recommend listening. It's like free therapy. Thank you. And this from Laura, I've been a fan of Christine's work for over 10 years. I have all of her books and so grateful she has a podcast. She was my life coach when I was 22. I totally remember Laura. I loved working with her. She continues to write the genuine, heartfelt, positive, and uplifting person you hear in her podcast is exactly who she is in person. The only difference is from 10 years ago, she's more knowledgeable, experienced, and established. Thank you, Christine, for your commitment to share your work with others. Well, thank you, Laura. Okay, deep breath. I really wanted to acknowledge those reviews, acknowledge all of you, and just give you an example of what a review can look like. It's just really about writing from your heart. And I I take that in and I thank you so much for holding the space for me to receive. So my request is that you take five seconds to two minutes to subscribe to the show, rate it, and if you feel inspired, review it. People have a lot of podcasts to listen to. And one of the ways they decide is based on the rankings, ratings, and reviews. So self-acknowledgement is a great topic to set up today's coaching session with Jenny. She is very self-aware and has done a lot of personal growth work, but is not experiencing the consistent results she longs for. This is very, very common. I see this with a lot of people. You know, they know a lot, tons of seminars. They've read a lot of books. They're doing the work, but it doesn't seem to be working. Why? Well, first of all, growth is a process. If you're still alive and kicking and breathing, you're human, then you're going to continue to grow and evolve. I think in our culture, we have such an instant gratification phenomenon going. We just want what we want now. We take one course, we go to one workshop, and we think everything must change. But know that you are going to continue to grow throughout your life. The more tools you learn, the deeper work that you do, the more time you'll spend in that joy and peace and self-acceptance. But it doesn't happen overnight. I didn't get to the, the freedom and the happiness and joy and success that I experience now after the first coaching session I had with Mona or after the first book I read. It's been a continual process. But I will say it has gotten much easier and more graceful over time. So the second reason that we often feel like we're doing the work, but it's not working is because we don't get to the core of the issue. You'll, you'll hear this in the call with Jenny, you know, her immediate question that she asks is, is really kind of just situational. There's a deeper issue that we get to. And often that's what we experience. We're trying to treat the symptom rather than the systemic issue. So as you're listening to this coaching session, consider, do you feel like you're doing the work? have a lot of awareness, but things aren't shifting. 
growing up or even now in your life, is it difficult to speak your truth? Does the phrase, it's better to be seen, not heard, strike a chord with you? Do you feel stuck in some aspect of your life? Like you take four steps forward, but then five steps back and then beat yourself up over it. And finally, is self-worth and self-doubt something you're currently up against in your own life? So keep these questions in mind as you listen to my call with Jenny. Hi, Jenny. Thanks for being on the show. What's your question? I was just wondering if you could help me kind of overcome my fear of success or see if it's even about fear of success of what's holding me back in business, in life. Okay. And how do you see this showing up? Give me a couple examples. Well, um, I'll get on a good streak. Um, for example, this week I did really well. I, you know, I did all of the stuff I'm supposed to do, and I know you just did a podcast on this. Um, I will get on day two, day three, and then day four happens, um, and I'll completely just not do anything. I won't have that same drive, um, or I'll just do things that are the opposite of what I should be doing. Um, I'll give you some background. I'm a health coach. And, um, I'm also in a network marketing business that is for a health and wellness company. And I've combined those two as a way, a vehicle to, uh, spread, you know, a bigger impact and help other people, at a much, much larger rate. And I feel like there are some, I know exactly what I need to do. There are some days that I do you know, what I should, like eating well, taking care of my body. I do a lot of personal growth work, but there's a lot of days where I do the exact opposite. To name a few, it's obviously watching too much TV or sleeping too little too late, eating poorly, making bad decisions, drinking, I mean, all kinds of things that I know I'm ashamed of. And I don't really understand why I keep allowing myself to, to take one step forward and then take one step back. So I'm stuck essentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I acknowledge your awareness and I acknowledge your honesty. You know, sometimes it's hard to say those things uh, out loud about ourselves. Uh, and I really hear your desire to change. And also some part of you knows you can, otherwise you wouldn't be calling and right. working as a health coach. I, I say to people, you know, I, we teach what we need to learn the most. So I've always been my own best client and mm-hmm. working in this world. It started out with having a lot of expectation on myself that I needed to be perfect and I needed to do all my shoulds and I needed to live this life that was totally in alignment with being a coach and a counselor and an author and all these things. Mm-hmm. But what that also did is put this massive expectation on myself, like not to be human not to have my challenges, not to have the situations in life that would help me grow. So there's a couple things I see here. First, as a health coach, what you're experiencing right now is something that most people, if not all people who come to a health coach struggle with. Would you agree with that? Right. They know what they quote unquote should do, but then they find themselves rebelling and sabotaging themselves. So can you consider for a moment that do you feel like health coaching is your path? Like it feels like something really aligned for you? It feels like more aligned than I've ever experimented with any kind of other profession. Um, yeah, I was completely drawn to it. Wonderful. 
So I remember when I came to my coach after everybody was like, you should be a coach. She's, and I said, I've discovered what I'm made to do. I'm meant to coach. And she's like, yeah, I know that's your gift. And I was like, why didn't you tell me? And then she said, but are you sure you want it? And I said, huh? And she goes, it's not an easy road, Christine. If you're going to be a coach and you're going to deal with integrity, you're going to go through a lot of things in your life that are going to give you the best training that you'll ever have. Training you could never get from any course or any book. So since this does feel so aligned for you, Jenny, what you're up against right now is one of the biggest things you're going to help people with. So this is mandatory for you to go through. This is training. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I say that to you because the judgment you have on this is making it harder to heal, right? Right. Yeah. If you can move into, okay, I'm in this pattern of knowing what I should do and sabotaging myself. And this is all part of my training because if I learn how to navigate myself through this, I'm going to be so much better equipped to help other people. Because I know for me, when I coach people into something, if I'm not living it myself, there's a lack of integrity there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? Which is another, and I can tell you have a lot of integrity. So that's probably another thing that's spinning in your head. Like, how can I be this health coach when like, you know, I'm eating ice cream and watching Scandal when I should be, you know, doing yoga and having my kale smoothie or whatever it may be. Yeah. <laughs> So that's the first thing is taking the judgment out of it. So can you really, really accept that you're exactly where you need to be and this is all part of your training? Can we start there? I can. I can as far as the health coaching goes. But like I said, the network marketing part is the other part. And in fact, it's lately a much bigger part, um, health coaching, than my brand and something I do on the side. The network marketing, you know, it's product-based. Right. But which do you love more? Honestly, the network marketing. Okay, great. Great. So, but can you see how how you're showing up? Because it's still about health and wellness. So can you see, though, how you're showing up in terms of being a health coach to yourself is impacting that area as well? Yeah. Okay. So as a health coach, um, when people aren't, you know, taking care of themselves, what is what's the deeper issue usually? Oh no, I'm rebelling. Well, that's part of it. But usually the deeper issue for why we don't do self-care is low self-worth. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it's hard to go out and be financially abundant when we have low self-worth. Mm-hmm. So what what do you really judge about yourself? Where do you feel like you're not enough? I guess in a lot of different areas. You know, I'm not as outgoing as I feel I should be. I don't put myself out there enough. I don't stick to things, I feel like. So I feel like consistency is a huge part of the success. And if I can't maintain a consistent, um, even if it's not pretty much, even if it's not very many things, um, but my problem is I just do everything and then nothing. So I'm not, I'm, and then other areas, I guess, socially, I'm not socially as practiced as some people are in my profession. And that has a lot to do with my upbringing. I was raised to be, you know, seen and not heard. And I feel like that's given me some 
issues with um, having a voice and speaking, you know, through my heart and just kind of the whole people-pleasing thing, just kind of um, shutting the real me up. So I feel like it's awkward when I, or I make it awkward when I talk to people sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so I feel socially um, shortened, I guess. Yeah, I hear you. And I can appreciate how painful that is. Yeah. And so growing up where you felt seen, not heard, that I can see how that would set up low self-worth and an insecurity around going out and being in the world. So my my question for you is, do you want to keep living that way? No. Okay. No. So if you don't want to keep living that way, then you've got to change what you believe about yourself. Everything you told me was just a story. You are no more or less equipped to talk to people, to create a business, to be consistent. But the story you keep telling yourself about who you are continues to create it. And the, the polarity, the, the kind of extremes of I either do too much or I do nothing is very indicative of low self-worth because what happens is we feel low self-worth, we beat ourselves up and we motivate ourselves by being hard on ourselves. I've got to do this. I've got to do this. What's wrong with me? I'm going to make stuff happen. And we go, go, go. Stuff starts to happen. And then we're like, oh my gosh, things are happening. I'm not worthy of this. And so then we back off. Exactly. Right. That's exactly right. what happens. And nothing, Jenny, nothing externally, no matter how much money you make in the network marketing business, no matter how much health coaching clients you have, none of those things are going to make you feel worthy. That's your job. How much work have you done on healing a lot of the issues from, from your childhood and from your past? Oh my gosh. I mean, a lot of the network marketing business, like, training is uh, personal growth and development. So, and that's something I had been doing before I even discovered health coaching. So I work on it daily. That's why I'm so confused to why I'm not further along. But I think it's maybe because I do a lot of self-work. Right. I have reached out to an emotional healer one time and I feel like I made some progress there. Yes. But it wasn't it wasn't tangible enough for me. Like I, I wasn't able to really see a vast difference. I was thinking maybe I feel something different. Mm-hmm. So, and in the emotional work, were they having you process your emotions? What was that work about? Well, she was a, a leader, and what she would do is just have me set an intention in my in my head or write it down, and she wouldn't even know what it is, but she would write out a a sheet of, you know, different emotions, blockages that I was going through. And there were, were some things that she nailed uh, perfectly, you know, something that happened when I was 16 with my father, or, you know, like and that issue alone was, uh, you know, being grounded all the time and not really having any freedom and let's see, just, just different things like that. But she would just write out a prescription, so to speak, on which emotions to work on, which chakras to release and, and clear out. And then how would you do that? 
honestly, I asked her and she said, there's a lot of other, there's a lot of ways. And she gave me tips, but, um, mostly I just listened to, um, sound healing meditations. Okay. So from my perspective and, and from both my experience and just what I'm feeling and talking to you and just feeling the tears that are coming up, this has been a lot of mental work to try to get through this. You know, I, I have mad respect for the network marketing industry and so many of the things that are out there, but they're very mind focused. They're very mm-hmm. thinking about things. And, you know, even I said in the beginning, a lot of this is belief systems, but underneath that is unprocessed emotion, your sadness, your anger, your shame. And that's the part. And I love that you did some emotional work, but it sounds like the emotions were identified, but not really processed. So do you have Expectation Hangover, my last book? Yes. Have you worked through the emotional section and actually done it? I've not. I'm listening to it, and then I'm going to go back through it and do it again. Okay. But more thoroughly. Okay. So I would highly recommend spending some time on the emotional section. Because the thing is, too, about you, Jenny, is you're... You know, you're a healer. You're an emotional, intuitive, creative person. That's a big part of your gifts. And you've tried to go mental and just rely on your logical and and build business in the kind of structured, strategic way. And what I want to offer you is that there are other ways to build business. You don't have to be this extrovert social butterfly. You don't have to be this structured, diligent spreadsheet, you know, color-coded calendar kind of person to be (laughs) successful. There's so much that can come from being emotionally intelligent, being creative and being intuitive. It's how I've built my business. But you've got all these emotions corked up which is also why the tendency to watch too much TV or eat not things that are good for your body, so on and so forth happens because it's a numbing device for the emotions. Mm -hmm. So this is about giving yourself permission to dive into a lot of those emotions you've kept locked up. You know, you mentioned being grounded and not having freedom. It's like being grounded is, is sort of the external picture of the suppression you've done with your feelings. And I have a feeling when you were growing up, your feelings weren't necessarily encouraged. You were told to to be good, to stop crying, don't make noise, yep. don't embarrass us, right? Yes. Right. So this huge part of you, this emotional, intuitive, empathic part of you got grounded and it's time to free that part of you, Jenny. Is this making sense? Yeah. I'm just trying to get past all those years right now. I know it's not good to stifle them, but I don't know. It's not. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. And trust that as you, it takes a lot of energy to repress feelings, sweetheart. It takes a lot of energy. That's why sometimes to motivate yourself is so hard. But imagine if you freed all that energy up and you had access to that emotion and intuition. Because the thing with when we suppress anger and sadness and shame and rage, we also suppress a lot of our joy and our passion. I didn't find my passion and my mojo until I processed my anger. It was underneath it. 
And so right. now I can really come from a place of inspiration rather than motivating myself by being hard on myself. And I know the same is for you. So mm-hmm. my encouragement would be go through the emotional section of expectation hangover. If you can find a good therapist or somebody that can really work with you on the emotional level where you can sit and you can cry and you can scream if you need to. And it isn't about like just listening to a sound healing and wanting something outside of you to take care of the emotion. You know, it's like you learned in the book, it's about releasing it, not recycling it. Yeah. Well, I figured therapy would probably be the best for me to just be able to be myself completely and wholly Mm -hmm. um, without judgment and Mm -hmm. be able to talk it out because what I feel like I've never had before is just yes. be able to just check, yes. talk everything out. Yes. Well, let me ask you, how does it feel to be connecting with someone right now who isn't judging you and is just letting you be heard and seen? It feels like a waterfall of tears are like trying to fall out. Yeah. But it feels awesome. It feels um, relieving, I'm sure, when I'm done crying. I'll feel much better. Yes, you will. The thing is, you will feel better if you, if there's no judgment. So I really want you to honor these tears and not judge yourself for having them and not think you have to get it all figured out right now. I would just say the next step is to find a really good therapist who can work with you on the feeling level. You want to be with someone that can teach you that your feelings are safe and honor them and hold a compassionate space for you so that you can let go of some of this suppression and repression. Are you willing to do that? Yeah, I can definitely do that. All right. Was this helpful, sweetheart? Yeah, it was good. Thank you. Such beautiful openness and awareness from Jenny. I love that little by little she got out of her head and into her heart in this call and really allowed herself to be heard, not just by me, but by herself. Sometimes we're so in our head and in our story and in our self-judgment that we don't give ourselves the healing opportunity to really talk things out from a deep place of vulnerability. And you heard how much this started to shift things for Jenny. So there are a lot of layers to this call. You know, Jenny's first question was about why she wasn't more consistently successful, which got us to where she feels out of integrity, which got us to the deeper issue around self-worth and old hurts from her past. You know, that story of being seen, not heard. She was very well versed at what she was doing, quote unquote, wrong and had a lot of that self-help awareness, but awareness is not enough. We cannot just mentally process our life and our issues and expect to really shift deep core wounds. You know, at the University of Santa Monica, where I got my master's degree in spiritual psychology, which is a big part of my training, we were taught that healing is the application of love to the places inside that hurt. And it's not just about positive affirmations and reframing belief. Yes, that's important. We must change our story. But first we have to go to those ouchy parts and fill them up with love. Talk to ourselves with compassion. Allow ourselves to feel our feelings with no judgment. I see so many people like Jenny who are a little emotionally constipated. That's why emotional release work is such a big part of my retreats and my work and is the first section of the treatment plans for expectation hangover. You know, I so get it. It was such a big part of my work, learning how to feel my anger, feel my sadness, and then go back with so much compassion. You see, when we suppress our emotions, it's exhausting. It takes up so much energy 
So that's why in Jenny's case, she's experiencing taking four steps forward and then feeling like she takes five steps backwards because all of that energy that's required to suppress those old issues, that emotion is is trying to get our attention. You see, our higher self is always working to get our attention. So it will stop us. It will create frustration. It will create discomfort. So we look at what truly is holding us back. And just notice as we started to get to the emotional level, as we started to go back and talk about where she felt seen, not heard, and she started to let that emotion come forward, she started to feel free. She started to feel more herself by the end of the call. So, My takeaways for you is number one, emotionally liberate yourself, apply love to the places inside that hurt. And remember, expectation hangover is a great resource for that. Second, change your story. You heard in her case, she was still carrying around that story of not being enough and not being good in social situations. And as long as we continue to believe those things, they continue to manifest. Next, ask for praise and acknowledgement and take it in. Amping up our self-worth is an inside job and it's important that we receive healthy, loving acknowledgement from others, even if it means asking for it like my friend did. That is part of how we acknowledge and love ourselves. And finally, if you feel like you're not being consistent in your life, then maybe implement a 40-day practice. I often talk about on the show that things don't become habits until we experience discipline and discipline comes from the word disciple, which means loving follower. So lovingly follow what you'd like to be consistent about in your life. Commit to doing that thing every day for 40 days, and then eventually it will become a habit. That's how we keep integrity with ourselves. Thank you so, so much for listening. Thank you for allowing me and the callers on this show to be heard. I acknowledge you and I praise you for your willingness to grow, learn, and have the courage to get over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. Thank you for listening to Over It and On With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings.